All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Serious Angler Podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power. And as you can tell, we got an interesting configuration going on for this one. One, obviously, Andy and I are in person here. So, yeah. As always, folks, I'm your host, Bailey Agabrit. And with me, actually with me, in person, we're together in our hotel room. Right, yeah. (laughs) Mr. Andy Full, what's going on, dude? Not a whole lot. Uh, We made it here safely. Um, I flew the plane, which I hate, but... Lift the mic up a little bit. We made it work. Yeah. (laughs) For for folks who don't know, Andy hates flying. Yes. I slept the entire time because I'm used to flying every other month, it seems like, at this point. But... uh, yeah, this show was supposed to be, or intended to be, uh, at the launch of Major League Fishing Red Crest. Yes, we're, we are down in Charlotte, North Carolina, at Major League Fishing's Red Crest here on Lake Norman, and we were going to have our setup at the launch. But then we realized something with, with the internet connection, but two, we went to launch this morning. We posted some stuff. stuff Frigid. On. Yeah, it was Frigid. cold. <laughs> it was, Andy had his blackfish gloves with him, which I think is a very smart move. I wish I did that this morning. As I'm trying to go live and stuff for you guys on like Instagram, my hands are like even feel them. Yeah, I'm surprised uh, his phone wasn't shaking. It was it was pretty cold, but if you hid behind the building where they were doing everything, it was actually pretty warm. It was yeah. weird. The wind sucked. The wind is what made it brutal. But uh, I mean, I, I say that, and we're northerners, so we shouldn't be complaining. But here we are. Cold in the south is a different cold. It's much different cold. But the guys are out fishing right now. We're actually going to, for folks, if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to pull up the score tracker. We got permission to have this link up there for you guys. Obviously, we can't run the live stream, but we have a score tracker up there. And it looks like right now, Burge is taken back over on top, which again, for guys, uh, anyone that's keeping along, they're back to the five fish format for Red Crest. So best five fish. So here's how it's going to lay out for Red Crest. The next five days are the event. So it's a five day championship. You have your qualifying rounds the next today and tomorrow. These guys are out there fishing as we speak. Uh, and it's the full field the next two days. And then they make the knockout round, which goes down to top 20, weights zero. Then it goes uh, the third day is top 20. Fourth day is top 15. They keep their weights. And then the last day, championship day, championship round, is top 10. And your weights carry over from the knockout rounds. How do you feel about that format? I think it's an interesting format, but it's also kind of cool because they get the biggest amount of the anglers out of the way before the expo begins. So, pardon me, if they don't make the top 20 on Friday, right, then you have 20 anglers that will be at the expo Friday, and you're going to have more anglers throughout the weekend. So that's more social interaction for everyone who comes to the expo. Yeah, and you already got half of Red Crest that didn't make championships yeah. themselves that'll be there. So yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting if you have people that can, you know, talk to the event that'll be there and kind of give a, a look inside of what's going on as we watch Jesse Wiggins hook up again. He's fishing a wall. Like it looks like he hasn't moved at all. He's fishing a concrete slab wall and catching them one after another. Uh, if you guys uh it's live every single day if you guys want to tune in and watch as well. Um this one's gonna be interesting. Uh, in regards to weights, I, I really don't know quite what it's going to take because we talked to a few guys. Uh, you know, we've talked with Brian Thrift, who uh, is like the hometown favorite here, you know, backyard home water. That if it stayed warm uh, going into this week, things were going to get real interesting. But now that this cold front's in here, it kind of puts things back in favor of, say, a Brian Thrift, a Kevin Van Dam, things along those lines because wind. Moving baits, yeah. cold means fish aren't going to be spawning as much as they thought they were going to be. So it's going to be interesting. Well, just like watching live before recording this, right? Like everyone is catching them a different way, which makes it for a very exciting tournament. You have KBD who is ripping his jerk bait, the slash bait, the strike king. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's just the KBD. Yeah. And then Justin Lucas is offshore fishing somewhat deep probably or a channel swing or same burge yep two and as we're talking about justin lucas he gets a two fish two minute fish landing violation penalty poor guy but um yeah it's gonna be really cool you had an angler right at takeoff as they're launching out i was like i'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see if anybody turns right and fishes the rip wrap and he was literally somebody pulled up and i think it was zach burge but yeah that is a good one by lucas wonder what that fish was that's got to be over 
three pounds. Close. Spots are so Oh, he decided he's going to weigh it again. So one thing that's interesting with this, obviously, Major League Fishing, you can, it's way, you know, it's catch, weigh, release. You don't put them in the live holes at all. They get three reways. So if they don't like it, like the first way, they can do yeah. it two more times. I believe it, that's how it is. It's very interesting with uh, Brian Thrift this morning because the minimum weight for a qualifying fish is one pound, seven ounces. And he reweighed uh, a fish that was one pound, six ounces, three times and couldn't get it to that one seven magic marker. And he had to toss it back, which is kind of cool. Yeah, we we were literally just in the car with uh, Major League Fishing's Joe Pogger and we were talking about it. He was explaining how there's a scientific reason why that determines the the average the minimum weights for each of these fisheries it's just weird for me one pounds seven ounces yeah it's like why not make it just one eight, eight yeah or <laughs> one i mean it may be ocd two, but... but i i can see where they don't go two pounds because as we're watching live a lot of the fish are between one eight and one thirteen but it's like why not one and a quarter why not just make it one pound flat because I'm sure there's going to be keepers yeah. caught that are one pound. And that might be the difference of a guy who's on that cut line for making the Friday and he's got four fish and he's in 21st. And if he would have been able to weigh that one pound, even fish, he might jump into 17th or 18th because it is a spotted bass fishery. The weights will be super close unless we have an Edwin Evers go out and catch a six pounder, <laughs> which we're, I think it's the biggest fish so far today. It is, but getting a six-pound largemouth in the qualifying rounds, I think, would hurt a little bit because I would want to save that one for the weekends. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking down. Chris Lane, first, the winner of stage one, is in 20th place right now with a four-pounder with one fish. Mm -hmm. Look out for him, man. Look out for those guys. The guys that are low in the standings right now but only have, like, one fish for three-and-a-half plus, those guys, if they can can get a bite an hour that's of that caliber – yeah, I just I wonder if largemouth will be able to hold up for five days. Yeah, I don't know what the conditions, man. I mean, we talked so with we were talking about Jeff Queen, obviously the the, the boys over at Queen Tackle. We're trying to get KJ uh, on here as well to kind of divulge a lay of this lake of like, obviously Andy and I can give our best guess from our knowledge of bass, but KJ, you know, him and Jeff Queen live on the lake, so they're going to be able to give a, a really accurate uh, picture of what. The rest of the week is going to look like we're trying to get him on here to kind of help us, you know, go through that. But it's, I agree. I don't know what that looks like for the rest of the week. I think what Jeff Queen was saying was the winner is going to be fishing new water every single day. Yeah. And, and it sounds like there's an abundance of fish, but I don't think there's an abundance of size. Yeah. I, I think it's the people like, we're seeing guys catch a lot of fish. I mean, almost the entire field has at least one fish right now. At least up to 30. I think there's about 10 guys or so that don't have a fish right now. And we're only, what, an hour and a half in? Yeah. What time is it? They're going to catch the fire out of the fish. Started so hour, 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. So It's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out. I don't know. I, I don't think you're going to see the big weights. You might see a big weight today. Or somebody that can get up there, gets the right bites, and can kind of coast through tomorrow. Might go practice tomorrow type of deal. Because that that is the the interesting part. If you have a big bag, like I think if you have 15 plus today, if you get a limit, you're going to make it through tomorrow. So you might have a decent amount of guys that go practice tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised on that at all. The interesting thing is today looks like it's going to be the nicest weather of the five days of the event. We're talking wind? We're talking temps? What are we temps, talking? Everything? wind. Very changing, constant changing weather conditions. Today it's going to be 62 and sunny is the high. Thir- uh, Thursday, 61. Friday is going to be 55, 56 in rain and wind. Ugh. Saturday is 55 with sun. And then Sunday, championship Sunday, is going to be 46 rain and wind. As a high? As a high. Oh, God. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. I wish I could go back and change my fantasy fishing, what it's going to take to win to, to witness. Because <laughs> I, I put, at the time, when I put that out on the channel, because uh, we're trying to do fantasy fishing stuff for you guys for MLF this year, I I said that what it showed was it was going to be 65 plus and sunny on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. No, so I'm sitting there, I'm like, those fish are going to recoup from a couple days, especially having a full day and a half, and someone's going to smash them. 
especially yeah. largemouth. I put 19-2 as the winning bag on Sunday because someone's going to wreck him. But that I I might put like 16 at this yeah, point. If, if, like, who knows if the largemouth will even react and play on Sunday. You might see like a 12-pound spot bag win. Because I feel like on this lake, and I could be wrong. Because- yeah, I just – I. I can see what you're saying, but I also feel like these are some of the best anglers in the world. Yeah, but the open, but Bass was just here. It was it last year, the year before. You have to remember it was a different time of year. It was the fall, but to finish 10th, 10th, it took eight and a half pounds a day. Yeah, I just think this is different, though. Opens is a 200 boat field. This is 40. Yes, but. And that's a whole different caliber. It's anglers. crazy weather drop temperature miserable conditions they might not bite yeah i just think these guys always find a way to catch big ones because yeah. spots are always going to play regardless of the conditions yeah i just it'll be interesting maybe 14 to 15 pounds is the ceiling on sunday but it might take i think 13, somebody 13 in the and a half. back of those pockets that finds some that's loaded with bait that's sustainable or they find it say friday afternoon ride it out saturday and sunday and another interesting note, though, is they said this morning, I overheard that the water temp was 72 degrees. Yeah, that's going to change. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially with like days thrift, in the 50s. Yeah. It's about to drop into, quite frankly, it could get low 60s by the end of the tournament. Like, that is a significant water temp drop just on a surface level. It yeah. might be more stable further down you go. And that's why you're seeing fish in all phases. But, if you see the back of the pockets drop into the mid sixties, low sixties, whatever's back there and biting is probably going to pull out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the high of forty six when the water temps are seventy two. Yeah, you're going to have a big drop, especially in the back of these pockets that are very susceptible, especially the ones that don't have a lot of sun on them. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to shake things up. I think what's going to be cool is, I think there's going to be. I think there's going to be one or two guys that are going to be in the hunt today and tomorrow that stay in the hunt. But then you're going to have a couple, like four or five guys that do well first couple days that completely drop off the map on days three or four. Yeah, and you might even have guys that do bad today and then figure them out at the end of the day and squeak in tomorrow. Guys that limp through to yeah. knock out and zeros. Really figure out what's happening with these fish and then come if they make the top 15, the, the top 20, 15, and then 10. They might be somebody who's dangerous because they're figuring it out as the conditions are changing and the guys who are whacking them today might get sucked into the pattern that they're already on and their bike could be going away or coming to them. I, time will tell, but it's going to be a very interesting tournament. I'm excited to watch it unfold. Yeah, it, it's almost like one of those events where you're almost like, obviously everyone who wants their, everybody wants to ride around time go find brush piles, all that kind of jazz, right? But it's almost one of those derbs where you're probably better off literally just starting on day one, not even practicing. Yeah. I could from a condition standpoint. Absolutely. I I think you can figure out where the predominant areas on the lake are. It's just adjusting and figure out how to get them to continually to bite throughout the five days. Yeah. Right now as we look at it, uh they went to commercial here. Zach Burge is in the lead with twelve pounds, four ounces. Greg Vincent in second with 11 and a half and Edwin Evers in third with 10 pounds, 13 ounces and only four fish with a whopping six pounder. It's a giant. And look who's in fourth. Mark Davis. After dropping a mega bomb on him at Kissimmee and yeah. unfortunately couldn't come back and win. Although the Chris Lane finish was in- incredible. I think regardless, everyone's happy about that finish, but I think part of some people will be like Mark Davis. People will love to see him go win an event now. Yeah. Mark but, Davis is probably offshore throwing a Carolina rig, doing something completely different than everyone else. and just Sticking to his guns. Just dragging that old ball and chain. He's got a 412. Yeah. Four fish for 10 and a half pounds. That's a big fish. I think Jesse Wiggins has caught like 50 bass already, but they're all like a pound and a half. Yeah, and, th- <laughs> and that's going to be key is like on this lake, whoever can get that big bite a day and have four two pounders or four two and a half two and a quarters to go with it are going to be sitting really pretty and if somebody can somehow crack like two or three big large mouth like an andy montgomery started off the day with a big one that would be fun to watch as well yeah, he, he was like the first one on the yeah. board it was like a 314 yep well so uh, we talked about it at the beginning i want to call attention to it again uh 
we we try to get a cool setup for you guys with like lake backdrop and everything for this episode. Um, so we literally Andy and I are in our hotel room, which yeah. I wanted to say thank you to Major League Fishing for putting us up this week. Yep, doing a bunch of episodes and uh, being at the expo. Which again, if you guys are, we're gonna be posting episodes, uh, we might even do two a day. I mean, who knows? We're gonna see where this le- uh, week leads us if we think there's something we're chatting about, even if it's for about forty minutes or so. We're going to put it up for you guys. Um, we're going to be put, putting episodes up every day. So, like, when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we literally are sitting in our hotel room as the morning of day one doing this deal. Um, so, if you're going to be at the expo, hit us up. We'll be at uh, the X2 Power Booth, uh, as well as we obviously be floating around. So, if you see us, come say hello. But, dude, it's, it's going to be – I really – I mean, we were talking about it. It's almost like that uh, – willing or not really, what is it called the uh when you wish so- upon something and you're like you want to do you know what i'm talking about yeah i know what you're talking about i, just, I can't remember the word there's like a term for it like mm. you're creating you're manifesting yes manifest that's a good yeah a kevin van damme victory yeah um i was just about to bring that up like how crazy would the cinderella send-off be for kevin van damme if the well goat- he technically qualified for next year if he won yeah that's true. I talked to him last week, uh, and he said that was <laughs> – I felt like an idiot because I was sitting there. I'm like, yeah, you know, because I'm trying to put together an article together. And I was like, you know, last you know, last uh, Red Crest, like, you know, what's kind of going through your head, you know, preliminary thoughts. He was like, well, I'm hoping it's not my last Red Crest. And I was like, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> He's got all this season to qualify for next year's team. Yeah. On top of if he won this one. Yeah, that'd be uh, – but still on the big retirement season, I – I couldn't ask for something better for his career than to go out with a Red Crest victory. The only thing sweeter might be if he wins it next year, if he qualifies. But what if he goes back to back and goes? Well, if he wins next year, then he qualifies for twenty five. Well, speaking of next year, didn't they announce the next two years locations for Red? Crest? I don't know if that's or, public knowledge yet. Oh, I thought. Nope. Sorry, my bad. No, I mean we didn't say the we didn't say the no. locations, but no, but I don't know if that's public yet. No. We'll have to fact check that and yeah. see if we can. I could be wrong. I thought I heard something. Maybe they can come announce about. it on the show. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool too. So yeah. So, I mean, you did disclose there is new locations that are determined. Next two years are determined. Yeah, but you didn't say where, so we're good. Okay, that was my fault. <laughs> no, I think I think you're fine. <laughs> you are good there. Uh, worst case, I mean, we're not live, so it's no biggie. We'll just have Joe Potter yell at us. He invited us. <laughs> he's a, he's our shuttle bus guy. Yes. Again, big big shout out to Joe and the crew over here. Two hours ago, they were they were announced. Uh-huh. Oh, right. so they right. are up. So we can't yeah, talk it. about it. Read yeah. through it. So, um, Red Crest locations twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five have been announced. It looks like um, in twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five, the expo will be in Birmingham, Alabama. In twenty twenty four, this one will be cool. It's gonna it's going to Lay Lake. And then in 2025, mm-hmm. it will be on Gunnersville. And the dates for Lay Lake are March 13th through the 17th, 2024. And Gunnersville is April 2nd through the 6th. Oh my God. Which is like insane time on Gunnersville. That's cool. They're going to smoke yeah. the daylights out. Ooh. Did I see that, that the expo for 2025 is in Huntsville and not Birmingham? No, I think or is that flip flopped? So Huntsville, I think, is the host city for Lay Lake. Okay, so it's next year it's Gunnersville. 25 is Lay Lake. No, backwards. So 2024. Lay so Lake. Birmingham, Alabama, and Lay Lake will host Red Crest 2024. And 2025 will be hosted by Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yep. That's you're, interesting. You're correct. Yeah. Hmm. It's, well, I wonder my Alabama geography is evading me here let's look it up huntsville I'm trying to see like what's closer because i think birmingham is about where they did it for the classic okay and cherry so one. huntsville oh that's right there it's to the north yep that's not too far oh that'll be an interesting place for i've heard huntsville is like one of the areas now that's like really nice for i mean i could be wrong this is what i'm being told by it's like an fellow bammers up and coming yeah progressive area. yeah very intriguing we just had a new, uh, well, actually, we're, we have a tie for first. Ooh, Edwin. Edwin Evers gets his limit and his tied with Zach Burge, but gets the first place 
standing because his fish, big fish is basically over three pounds bigger than Bert's big fish, which tells you that Edwin has a lot more room to grow because he's got some little ones in there. Oh, yeah. I wonder what he's doing. I'm sure it's got to be a large mouth with them soon. Yeah, it's got to be a large mouth. He's on. Oh, 100%. Although, spot is pretty although in any of these like. pockets, I feel like you can catch spots and large yeah, mouths. Six pound spot in six this spot. lake? That's yeah. pretty uncommon. I know there's fours. So, <laughs> like. Oh, we got to get we got to get one of the queen boys in here to uh, give us a full layout of what's going on here. What could what could be capable? You know, we talk about where we think, you know, I think somebody could smoke them Sunday. We both agree, though, that the possibilities are not great out yeah. of doing well Sunday. But the queens could come on here and be like, oh, dude, they're going to crush them Sunday. Yeah. It, I don't know. Knows. I don't know how weather affects these Carolina bass at all. Like I I know back home, if we got that wicked cold front this time of year, like the same water times, it gets tough. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I, I do know from my little spotted bass experience that Conditions usually aren't really a they problem for spots. I think it's just different in how they set up and how they will attack your bait, per se, like in regards to condition, but they're always going to eat. Yeah, I could almost see on Sunday, like, contrary to what people would think, like slowing down and trying to catch them. I think Sunday, the power fishermen, the guys who cover water, will actually do better. Could be a buzzbait day. <laughs> That'd be nuts. 46 degrees, rain, clouds, and buzzbaits. You've seen it happen. Yeah, it's true. We've seen it happen, and what was it? A tournament was one doing it. Uh, was was it Scott Martin that won it? When the, somebody wanted, I'm trying to remember where it was. I want to say Cumberland, where the water temps were like literally 51 degrees, and somebody won it on a buzz bait. Yeah, could happen. Somebody knows what I'm talking about out there. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> somebody knows exactly the tournament I'm referencing. But regardless, this is going to be uh, this is going to be interesting here because one, it's cool. I, I'm somewhat of a fan of charlotte thus far food has been on par besides mm-hmm. the hotel coffee according to andy oh yeah i can't complain about it <laughs> it's a free cup of coffee but uh you're such yeah a i am a, co- I am a bougie coffee connoisseur as we're driving in on our wonderful shuttled bus by joe i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna have to walk over to that coffee shop here after we're done recording so about 100 yards away so I, your coffee shops are coffee shops that my dad will probably disown me for going to hey, or make fun <laughs> of you for it. He goes, you nice little uh, heart of whipped coffee. You get whatever, whatever the hell that thing is. It's like a heart shaped all artsy fartsy. And he's like the, the froth. He's like, you will not step foot in my house ever again. <laughs> oh, man. It's it's good. I it's mean, good I don't lives. even care if I get a latte, right? Like, I just want a good cup of coffee. I don't even know what a latte means. It's just espresso with milk. <laughs> so right. I feel okay. I was about to ask a question, but then we're gonna go down like a whole tangent on coffee, and I don't think people care. <laughs> so yeah. You guys thought it was bad tangent-wise, less remote, you know, ten minutes down the road, you know, webcamming in, but us in person, it's even worse. Oh yeah, man. We've had some interesting conversations already in the, the day that we've been here in Charlotte now. That looked like a good one. Who is that? That's thrift. Yeah. That was Drift rocking some uh, his blackfish gear. Looks like a blackfish gale jacket, which I really wish I brought with me yeah, to the ramp this morning. This morning. Yeah. That would have been amazing. 100%. I was like, whoo. Oh. Speaking, speaking of blackfish, we can't fully disclose yet. We, I think we hinted at it last episode. New stuff's coming. Yeah. That I'm really, really excited about. That I, I wish wait. I had this morning. Yeah. Same. A lot of that. Stuff. Same. <laughs> It was, uh, I know we keep talking about it, but it was, it was, I mean, for, for folks who are in the North or Midwest or whether you're, wherever the hell you're from, it, it is the difference between a Northern cold and a Southern cold. It might be 10 degrees warmer technically in the South but it feels than the 10 North. Degrees cold, huh? Oh, but it feels so much colder than the North. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously the wind never helps, but was that Jordan Lee? No. Who was that? Is that James Elam? No. Who's Sims? Sims, Abu, and Berkeley. Is that Jordan Lee? He's not Sims, is he? I thought he left. I know he left Carhartt. Yeah, I know Carhartt. He might be Sims. Is he Sims now? It, it is, is Jordan, Jordan Lee. Lee. Jinx. When did that happen? That's a very interesting. Movie. I mean, good for him. Sims yeah. is a great brand, too. Absolutely. 
What does he got? So he's fishing docks. Shocker. That's like, a fat spotted bass. Yeah, I say that it looks like a big spot. Wonder if he's fishing more your it's mouse a- of these cuts, the docks on them for these fish that might be moving back. Yeah, I wonder like if I if which I- think about it this week. That might be a really smart idea for some of these cuts that are on like secondary points because you might have fish pulling pulling in. Yeah. Like as of even from yesterday with the heat, and then with the temps, you might have fish coming to you both ways because you might have fish pulling out. Yeah, especially like some of the deeper docks that have the cuts. I think from the bass open, they did like an aerial view of one of the pockets and they showcase like all the good docks to fish on this lake. Mm-hmm. And they were like cut out and deep, so they have spots to come up when the water's warm, but they can back out take cover and still be in that deep warmer water underneath the dock. And maybe that's something he has game planned already, knowing that it's going to get colder into the weekend. And it's good to see that if that dock sets up that way, that he pulled one off of it, which means they're already there. So he's set up for the weekend. That bite, I, that's one of the few bites I don't think that will go away and they will constantly reload it. Yeah, they're always on docks. Yeah. This is one of those lakes that is it's just a major dock lake. Justin Lucas fishing docks. He's hooked up. Is that a good one? Look, you can tell. Uh, Decent one. It's growing. Yeah. So let's let's talk about this. So from a dock standpoint, there's definitely some lakes, you know, Carolina heavy. Um, you could even argue some Tennessee River stuff. Uh, docks play heavy. But there's fisheries where if you're not having docks as part of your day, you're probably missing out on either good fish or limit, like whatever. They play heavy. Where up in the north, we have some docks or lakes that play heavily from a dock standpoint. Um, but we have some, like, you don't need to to fish docks in the north. Right. Yeah. But let's talk about, so we're talking about here, so like, docks on secondary points and talks about cuts. Where for us, like, we don't have creeks on our lakes. No, We have not. glacier lakes. They're just bowls. Yeah. They're nothing. Uh, how do you, because I know you love fishing docks. You're good with, uh, you're proficient in fishing docks unless you're not having a good flipping day because then you lose your marbles. But <laughs> how do you go? Like, say you go down a whole stretch. You look at a lake that has all just complete docks on it. We have very, we have several lakes like that. Mm-hmm. Where? How do you start? Where do you, how do you pick them apart? Where do you be like, do you just find one random dock and be like, all right, I'm going to start a NASCAR track and go around the whole circle here? Or? No, I try to be pretty strategic with my dock fishing. Like, I want them to have some water, close access to deep water. It's almost always near a main or a secondary point. And a lot of our finger lakes and a lot of the lakes around us will have creeks that dump into them, but we don't have creek arms that we can go up into. Yeah, so, explain that a little bit further for people because they might. Be so, like down south in these giant reservoirs, they have creek arms that go back miles and miles, and then they might have three or four more arms going off of them, where we have these little tiny natural hill flowing streams that flow from the top of the hills down into the, the lake basin. And there's a couple lakes around us that a couple of them that you can kind of poke your nose into, but that's about as far as you can go. And basically the reason why I look for these points, main lake points where these creeks dump in is if they have any bit of flowing water to them, it gives a really good oxygen place. It creates a natural current. And if you have a deep dock near that creek that's flowing in, even if it's just a tiny little trickle, it also pulls bait fish to that area. So that would be the general area that I will pick docks to go is from a main point to a secondary point, and it needs deep water access pretty close to it. But then we have some random docks that you can catch them in six inches of water for no rhyme or reason. But yep, they're not. Well, and I think so. I hate fishing docks. I can't stand it, but I'll do it when I need to. Although I tease my buddy Zach, uh, my buddy Zach, when we travel to the kayak turn, which by the way, good luck to Zach and the folks fishing uh, Caddo and Bistano on the next oh, Hobie BOS event this weekend. Some big ones down there too. I'm so jealous. Although they're getting a cold front in true fashion, but they have a, blue, have a full moon, so they might freaking smash their lights in today through this weekend. Um, I tell Zach, I was like, if you ever see me on docks in practice or a tournament, like, no, boy, don't no. you don't worry about me for that event. I'm not <laughs> in it. Um, <laughs> so, for, but I, what I do know is like some of the docks that we have in New York that you figured that are always good and they're dirt shallow are typically your wooden docks Mm -hmm. because they're not. And the reason I think those are more consistent, obviously you can't take them out. They're not your metal docks where you can take them out and roll them off to the bank. Whereas obviously those can play on metal docks, but like talk through why wooden docks and metal docks and why some people would be like, 
they'll see a whole stretch of metal docks. They won't touch them, but they'll hit the wooden ones. Yeah, and I think it has to do with the way they planted the wood into the ground, too, and depends on the type of wood it is. Um, in theory, and this is just my best guess, I think when they put those posts of the old wooden ones, they've got to be cemented in there somehow with rock on the bottom. You harder tend to bottom, have harder bottom on those old wooden docks, and it could be just the fact that the wooden docks have fallen apart over time and you have old wood laying underneath there, and it gives crawfish little spots to hide into it gives baby bass baby perch baby bluegill any type of fish grass grows on wooden docks really well as well and attaches to it so you have all this additional habitat for food for the fish to feed off of as well as like a lot of metal docks they have wheels at the end they get pulled out and pushed back in pulled out they can pull them out whenever they want so i I don't know. I just, I love wooden docks. They tend to be older. They tend to have more structure around them and more consistent habitat for yeah. the fish. Yep. Which, by the way, if you guys are hearing a loud knocking, uh, I apologize. It's either doing construction or people are having fun in the morning um, <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I don't know which one it is, but either way, if you can hear it, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I can hear it through my headphones. So I'm assuming people can hear it through the mics. Yeah, it's quite the banging. <laughs> You just laying it out there for him, <laughs> Oh, good lord! You know, it could be construction, it could be hammers. You know, like we don't, we don't know what it is. It's just kind of well, comical. Uh, yeah, you guys can have fun of that one in the comments. Yeah. I'm sure that'll get clipped somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you guys, this is this is a lot of fun. Uh, really this is the one. first in person podcast that Andy and I have done together. Um, I've done a few of them. You know, more with Rudd, obviously, with our trip to X2 down in Alabama, but like. This is a cool deal. We've been wanting yeah. to do this for a while. Absolutely. We, you know, eventually we don't want to get a studio and everything for serious. And yeah, if you don't move south on me. Yeah. <laughs> it's looking more and more like that every day, unfortunately. <laughs> but we'll figure it out. Oh, Good. man. Edward's oh, first go. fish was a six pounder, and then he's got all 113, 109, 107, 107. Yeah, two right at that minimum weight cut at 107. God, did he get a, did he get a spotted bass? I got to see a clip of this. No, I bet it's a large mouth. I think we're, it's going to show up on his YouTube channel. Regardless. Which, yeah. by the way, talking about that, I don't know who, who the there it is. There, big old large. Oh, it almost looks like one of them cross ones. That's a big one. That's an interesting looking. That's a right? big old belly. That's a largey, but it almost looks like it's one of those mean mouths. I'm going to go on a limb that Edwin's throwing a buzz bait. You could be. Or a spinner bait. You've seen the wake baits playing. Yeah. Could be a spinner bait bite, too. He Very loves, well could be. He loves chucking a spinner blade. Well, I mean, yeah, he just he just made one. Uh, he has a whole line with the Berkeley Power Blades, yeah. which are those are snazzy. Mm-hmm. Those work really well. Um, speaking of, we got this. Sorry, we're getting distracted by the commercial. We have the live playing here. Obviously, we told you guys we couldn't play the live stream at the same time. Yeah, Busby, that's an interesting one. I, I I've seen some new stuff emerging with these different companies, and it's just it's intriguing where you think innovation's done. From a, we, we've talked about this from a bait standpoint. We don't have to get yeah. into that, but like innovation from storage to rods to reels to we think it's done. Some genius comes along and thinks of something completely new. Yeah, I think if there's anywhere in the fishing industry that they could be more innovative, storage. it's storage, it's rod storage, carrying rods, like stuff like that. Terminal tackle preservation, basically. Yeah. Like everybody's sick of when their hooks rust and all that crap. You know, yeah, you know what stops that? You know what would stop them from rusting? Not putting a old hook. Like if you just change it out real fast, like you tie it on, you change it out, and it's wet. And you throw it in there. That's why they rust. Oh, and you're saying if they let it just let it air dry for a minute? Yeah, which I think a lot of people do. Um, but then there's some people that, like me, you throw them on the bottom of your boat or your kayak, you let them sit there. You're like, oh man, I don't know why I'm running through hooks so fast. Well, hey, genius! Yeah. You put your stuff back. <laughs> if after it dried and you put it back, you might not run out nearly as fast. But well, part of me is thinking about getting like they have the magnet strips. Put a magnet strip yeah. on the sidewall of my kayak. So on my thermal tackle, I just stick it on the magnet. It dries out, or you know, like when I'm driving back, it, the kayak's in the back, yeah. airs out, and put them back in the box. I don't know. I've been get, always, get I'm always thinking about that. I'm always very intrigued with the process. Like 
trying to fine tune how to make yourself more efficient, which like these guys are the greatest, Mm -hmm. you know, representations of people that have dialed that process of like, especially when you looked at last year's format of every fish of like guys that would rig seven rods of the same bait, because if they got, they got messed up, had a nick in the line, they wouldn't have to take a couple minutes to retie. They just pick up the new rod and keep going. The only thing that sucks about that is when you get to the seventh rod and you have to do all seven. That's what they have their breaks for. <laughs> they have 30 minutes to rig them back up That's back fair. up again. Very fair. Which I, I still kind of am a, a, a fan of that that break. I'm not yeah. sure. What do you think about that? I could use a break in a tournament. I get hungry. I get hungry. <laughs> I won't lie. Like you need some bougie coffee. Bougie coffee during my break. Bougie I wrap. A, I need a boat delivery service to bring me like a bougie coffee and breakfast sandwich oh every goodness. three hours. And I'd be the happiest person alive on the water. All joking aside, though, like Some during French, like a French press and everything. Before oh, you? yeah, it'd be fantastic. Oh, but my God. Uh, when I'm fishing, I almost never eat or drink. Like it's terrible. not derbs. No, no, not even even fun fishing guide trips. I won't eat. Oh, I always eat when I'm fun fishing. Yeah. Good for you. Jealous. My mind I literally can't. like we flip it. And I'll have half my sandwich hanging in my, my mouth. My <laughs> mind can't go there. I'm so like unless I'm like, like, all right, I'm going to take a break. And I'll sit down and eat. But if the bite's really good, I'll keep going. And if it's really bad, I'll keep going. But if it's like one of those days that's in between where you get like nine to 15 bites, I'm like, okay, I'll take a break and eat. But if, I, but if I suck, like I won't take a break until I figure it out. Yeah. You know what? Some of those days that we overlook and almost take for granted. Yeah. Are the days where you're catching them and it's like the perfect weather where you're like, you go and you just sit down in the passenger seat and you're watching your buddy fish. You are the most comfortable you've been in your entire mm-hmm. life, and like not a worry in the world. And you're just kicked back, sun's beating on your face. You're like, I'm gonna take a nap. You're like, this is <laughs> nice. Like we over, I feel like we take those days for granted. Yeah, I I almost get to a point now when I go out on other people like my buddies' boats, and I'm like, eh, I'm good because I'm on the water so much in the summertime. <laughs> you're not worried that, about it? Yeah. No, I just sit back. I'm like, I'm gonna watch you fish for a little bit and see what you're doing to see if I can learn something. Which I love because yeah. it makes me think that, hey, I get to run a boat for once. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't have to do anything. It's my time. I get to sit here. I can put my feet up, eat a Sammy, drink some water. That's right. Yeah. That is one thing I do a lot, especially in the kayak. Drink water? Oh, pump it. Like, it's... You need, you a, need that. You need an IV in your arm at all times. Dude, I, I would love that. I mean, shoot. That's the one thing, boat or kayak, that is the worst in my mind is like the last hour of the day when your head's pounding because you haven't had enough water and all you can think about is getting off and getting water. And then you're like, crap, I got to go two and a half miles. That's even worse than the kayak. That yeah. sucks. That is the worst feeling of like, uh, like you're just like, <laughs> you're like, God damn it. Like it's going to take me 40 minutes to get back where I could have just fire up a motor and be there in two minutes. Yeah. Sucks. No, I mean it's it's the one it's we we were talking about it. So Greg De Palma, that's another big one. Mark Davis is a big one. Yeah, that's a four twelve. Mm-hmm. It's a little skinnier. Got a big head on it. Yeah. Um, Greg De Palma, congrats on your Bassmaster Kayak Making Series victory. All kayak anglers. I was look, literally just going to say it. Look bad. <laughs> I was like, can you at least wait till the second or third one? You know, nope. first one he gets in his. He literally posts. He goes. Third time ever in a kayak. And I was like, son of a. It's making Thank us all look bad. Here we go. Now freaking everybody, again, every other yeah. boat guy's going to get into a kayak now and just wax all of us. Good luck. Uh, actually, I'm excited about it. It makes me really want to go to the Bass, uh, Bassmaster side, getting some events here to compete against them. Yeah, you should. I mean, that's that's fun, man. Uh, I, I More than merrier come over because we, one, it helps establish more credibility in the kayak side. Agreed. Which, by the way, we had somebody comment. They didn't want to hear about kayak fishing. Interesting. Well, I, 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 sorry to burden you, but you're going to hear about kayak fishing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when one of us is a kayak fisherman full yeah. time, like the way he fishes, you're going to hear about it. So I apologize if that's not what you I'm not going to apologize. No, this is the way they said it. Like, I don't want to hear about kayak fishing. Well, that sucks. You're going to hear about it. So just listen to the, the boat fishing stuff. Like, that's the best part about where we live, right? We have a choice of what we want to do and see so. i feel like the south is way better for kayak anglers than the north agreed you have white i mean these these lakes have Wheeler creeks off one. of them and everything like from a kayak standpoint when you think about true kayak fishing which is 
you know, designed to do exactly the opposite of what I do in a kayak yeah. <laughs> of two graphs, live sonar, getting you, offshore. Are you talking more like the Drew Gregory? Yes, of kayak that is fishing. the true form of what kayaks were designed to do from a fishing standpoint mm-hmm. of like get into stuff that these boats can't get into. You know, well, yeah. unless you're Keith Pochet, then somehow you can get into them. Yeah, that's that's a whole entirely like whole entire different conversation about Keith. Pochette. Did you see his recent video from uh, Toho? No, it's awesome. I'll have to go watch that. Wiggins hooked up again. It's probably another one oh seven. It's caught like thirty five fish that are all the same size. Yeah, and he has not moved. He's such an underrated fisherman. I feel like that isn't talked about enough. Agreed. I mean, so yep. classic going back <laughs> to Tennessee River, um, which I don't think people remember. Jesse Williams was like in the top five. Yeah, so it was he was James, catching big ones, James cranking. Elam, yeah, the chatterbait. Of course, Atifo just had a giant day. Yeah, with a little bit of help at the end. Which I'm surprised we haven't seen him up there yet. I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. Okay, so obviously Brian Thrift, Andy Montgomery are the favorites here from a local yeah. standpoint. Take them aside. Who is your pick to win this? Ooh, that, that's Gut check. Tough. Like, who do you think? To be honest, like, I think Zach Burge. He has a track record for doing really well at the Red Crest. This is his fourth one, I believe, and he's finished fourth, fourth, and sixth, I believe, in all the Red Crest that he's fished. Mm-hmm. So... He's always there in big tournaments. My other one that I'm going to go with is I think we'll have a really good shot. It's Jordan Lee. Just mm. because this is a body of water that sets up the way he likes to fish, like a shaky head, wacky rig on docks. And we already saw it. He caught a good one off of doing the exact thing that I'm talking about. And if he can figure that out, that bite for five days straight, I think he's going to do all right. Is that Andy Morgan? That is Ellen Jones. Elton got a good Jones. one. That's a, is that a spot? That it, that's that, a big old spot. That's a spot, dude. It's got to be a four plus. Maybe there are some giant six pound spots. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what this one goes. But he's doing the same thing. He's fishing docks, probably channel swing docks. You really should have turned on captions here. So we can at least see what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's a big one, man. The re-weigh- They've been having an interesting thing with weigh-in today. It's probably like a 215 or a 315 trying to get to four. I said, that thing's bigger than 215. It's got to be. Let's see. Let's pull up the score tracker here and see what that fish just weighed. I'm, I have to see. I think I had a big old belly. Alton Jones. Where you at? There's Junior. I see Junior. Where's Jones? Might be down. That was a 315. You called it. Yeah. Look that's, at you. That's why he was reweighing it multiple times because he was trying to get to be right at four. Are you sure it's not a four pounder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's always. It's got to be against the rules, right? Of like dumping it back in the water. And then yeah, it has it. to be because I'm like, man, why don't they rinse them? Like they rinsed them, you probably get that. Extra. Yeah, can you imagine like you you go to land the fish and you just like dump it in with the water like, before you take it out? Open mouth <laughs> just to get like that little guzzle of water in the yeah, back like, of his throat. You look thirsty. <laughs> Come here, fish. <laughs> Uh, that's intriguing. I, I so my gut feeling pick. It's just leaning hard this way. Kevin Van Dam. No, that's my manifest. I love storyline. Manifest destiny. Like I love this to. Must happen. As a as the PR person for Johnson Outdoors, I would love to have that happen. But also from a fan of the sport, I would love to, mm-hmm. you know, see that happen. And it couldn't happen to a better guy too. Oh, I mean, we talked about it with a couple people yesterday. Like, Kevin is by far still the hardest working person in the industry, but also the nicest dude that you'll ever come in touch with. Well, from an outsider perspective, right, this morning he had, like, three different cameras in his boat. He was doing constant interviews, yeah. holding up the boat and trailer line. and No nobody, huffing and puffing about it. No. Like, he, yeah, he knows the deal. Everything was good morning. How are you? Then he had all the firefighters because they had the firefighter truck from Huntsville down there. Yep. He had them on the front of the boat, and he did pictures with them. I'm like, yeah, he just takes the time to reflect on everything and to give time to everyone who's there because he knows how important the spectators are to the sport and making sure that the people that back him and have been with him for years get what they need from him as well. 
Yeah, like when I started working for Gunpowder, uh, I was told, you know, from media that, you know, Kevin is the easiest person to work with because when he says he's going to do something, he does it. And he doesn't exactly when he's going to do it. He says he's going to do it. And if he thinks something, you know, he's going to get in the way of it, he lets you know. And I, I always I always believed him. But then, like, once I got to work with him a little bit from articles and all that, it's like, holy crap. Like, he, uh, like for example, like from leading up to Redcrest was – he had to get off the line and go, you know, talk to somebody else. And he goes, I'll call you in 20 minutes, literally 20 minutes on the dot. Kevin Van Dam's calling. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's how you, that's how you make it in this yeah. industry, especially as a pro, man. Like you can keep your word and you like, you give, take care. You might of have to be the best who take care of you. Yes. Yeah. Here, if you can take every waking moment to make yourself better in some other facet, like the guys that are kicking back and thinking that they're comfortable are the guys that are going to get lapped. Yep. Which, it sucks because you're it's like it's hard. It's a it's a freaking grind. It is. Uh and you know, I can't relate to that, but I can see it. And that's what because it's it I obviously we're not pro anglers, we can't relate to yeah. that, but it's kinda it, I give the guys a lot of props because it is up early, driving half your life, and you're getting as soon as you get any like whether you suck or you do well, you got media putting a camera in your face or trying to get time with you and why did you suck? <laughs> yes. Good sir. Why did you suck? Can you break it down? You're sucking. You me. just won. Give me your exact lineup, your baits, your spots, your waypoints, down to the T, longitude, latitude. Give me it all. <laughs> it's really honestly kind of how it is, which is why we were talking about, uh, you know, recently with Chris Lane. We wanted to get him on, but he's like, he's spending some family time. That's the last thing we ever, like, from at least from our show, is like why we don't try to cram and get guys on right after, like right away. Yeah, we want to give them their space. Well, yeah, because like think about it. So if Chris Lane fished Clark's Hill, we got him on right after his win, and he if he so when he won that he would have to turn right around uh, and go to Clark's Hill to compete in that, which then he would have to turn right around and come here, which if we took up an hour of his time. That's an hour he could have spent seeing his kids and like that's that. I think that's one thing that is the only thing that I don't like about media in general. Um, but I understand that's like the necessary evil per se of like doing like from a consumer standpoint and these guys get it, but like it's hard for me, like morally to be like, Hey, you just want, you have no time. You have one. Oh, you have one free hour on Tuesday. All right, let's take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, we'll see for us. It's like, we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you in six months when everyone's on to somebody different and we're going to get you on for, like, post-mortem. Yeah. Is that a knock at the door? Yeah, I think it was a knock at the door. That might be housekeeping. It might be. Should we housekeeping and be our guest? <laughs> oh, give me one second, folks. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'll take it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, as we come back here, uh, as Bailey has to go answer the door, it's a uh, perfect timing here, but Zach... Burge has moved from his primary area and looks like he is set to make a move again. Um, but yeah, the whole shot, I just want to say thank you to the MLF people for hosting this awesome event in Charlotte, the city of Charlotte, right? Like what a beautiful city this is. It You can tell that it's up and coming. Everyone has been great, friendly and nice. And I can't thank MLF enough for allowing us to come down here. I would like to thank our Uber from last night. Yeah. <laughs> He's the man. Oh, yeah. After we had, what, one or two cancel on us and then yeah. finally pick us up. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he was a cool dude. Uh, he's going to come see us at the expo. Oh, yeah. We're oh, going to hang out with our Uber. A, yeah. The one that took us to the restaurant or, yeah. Uh, yeah, to the hotel that we moved to yeah. to go see some friends. But, yeah, he was funny. We were talking bass fishing the whole way in traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was so. a bass head. He's like, yeah, I'm going to come to the expo. We're like, yeah, man, we'll be at the X2 Power Booth. He goes, I'll see you there. He's He's like, right. You got a mic for me? <laughs> you got a mic? We'll get you on the show, man. Yeah, oh, man. yeah if we can figure out a we're we're trying to figure out some different ways to do shows here this week and some cool stuff for y'all. But you know, classic, we're definitely gonna be doing shows at the classic at the X2 power booth. Uh there's just not a big I don't think it's a big enough booth for X2 this year to do that in person. But we're gonna figure it out regardless, put out some content for you guys. And again, as soon as this we record this stuff, we're gonna we're gonna fire them up, put them right out here for you guys. Anything else we want to hit on before we wrap this sucker up for our first show at Redcrest? I just want to say I'm excited to see how the rest of today plays out, and I look forward to recapping it. Yeah. So yeah, I think we'll we'll do uh, you know tomorrow morning's episode will be 
uh, later today, essentially after day one of when we see how this shakes out, like a post-mortem of day one. You know, try to get, again, try to get one of the queens on here. They're obviously very busy right now too. KJ's got his, he's on uh, twin duty today. Twin duty and, and they're getting ready because I think they're, they're going to be at the great outdoors booth. Yep. I would assume right at the expo. Yep. So Jeff's getting all the tackle ready and all that jazz. So, which by the way, if you guys, you know, we've talked about a bunch on the show, queen tackle, um, it's all on Omnia fishing. So if you guys want to get yourself some, obviously we have codes and such, which Omnia fishing is doing 25% off all line right now. Oh, that's such a good deal. It's a very good deal. I might have to order my line while I'm here, but my wife may kill me. If I have a big box show up because we're like getting ready to yeah, just, just say go. just say you order boxes from you know the house moving. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> now's the time to get all the boxes in. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. So not you're helping us it. out. You're thinking. Not, that's all it is. not open and just leave it in the box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want they they're they're running some big sales over at Omnia Fishing, get involved on that. Uh, we actually got some questions about it yesterday. Uh with the Sears Angler hats. Mm-hmm. Uh if you guys want any merch, our website's down below, SearsAnglerNetwork.com. But uh, you guys are going to be hearing a lot from us this week. We're going to be super active on social uh, and on obviously from the podcast slash YouTube front here this week, as well as the classic. So if you guys want anything talked about or, you know, all that jazz comment, DM us. Uh, and if we'll see you here, that'd be awesome. We'll, uh, we'll hang out, maybe grab some beers, yeah. figure it out. Uh, maybe if there's enough people going to classic, we can do a little bar meetup or something. I don't know. Regardless, we'll figure it out. But uh, Andy, anything else for the folks? No, I think we're good for this morning. And, I really look forward to watching this tournament unfold as we watch Edwin Evers creep along some decks. Well, folks, appreciate you guys. Stay tuned for a lot more this week, and uh, we'll talk to you on the next one. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.